Burnout is not anything new, but a recent study by Indeed found that 52% of all the respondents said they were feeling burnout. It was high before the pandemic, it's even higher now. And Eileen McDar, our guest for today, has been interested in everything about resiliency and burnout for decades, long before the pandemic. Her latest book, which I had an opportunity to read just recently, is called Burnout to Breakthrough, Building Resilience to Refuel, Recharge, and Reclaim What Matters. And when I read it just last month, it really spoke to me, and I think it'll speak to you as well. Eileen is a master facilitator, speaker, consultant to organizations, everything from school districts to the armed forces to financial institutions. In 2020, the British research firm Global Gurus conducted a survey of some 22,000 business professionals and subsequently ranked her in the top five communication experts worldwide. So whether she's before an audience of 50 or 15,000, she brings much to think about, talk about, and yes, even laugh about. In fact, she jokingly says she's a triathlete excelling in running after kids, swimming with corporate sharks, and biking on a stationary bike. Please welcome the author of eight books, a lover of all things dark chocolate, me too, Eileen, from Dana Point, California, Eileen McDonald. Welcome to the Energize Your Life podcast, hosted by keynote speaker, author, and peak performance expert, Dr. Joe. Listen in as Dr. Joe and her guests talk about how to energize your life so you can be happier, healthier, and more productive. Welcome, Eileen. It's so good to see you again. I haven't seen you since the 1990s. Isn't that amazing? And we don't look any different. <laughs> I know. Isn't that so true? So, you know, I, I wanted to talk about burnout because of what was going on right now, what I've been hearing from a lot of people. And I immediately thought about you and your new book, Burnout to Breakthrough. And I read it. It was excellent. It really hit home on a lot of key points, but of course, there's lots to talk about. So um, you mentioned, you know, a, a focus that we could go on, and you said from PTSD to PTSG. And what is that? It's post-traumatic stress growth. Okay. So let's 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 talk about that. First off, let's just let's just set the context because content without context is worthless. So. Before the pandemic, PC, not politically correct, but before the pandemic, burnout itself was a worldwide, quote, I'll call it pandemic. Mm -hmm. And it would seem that before the before COVID, that's what I was asked to talk about was resilience in the context of burnout. And finally, the World Health Organization in uh, May of 2019 declared it a global occupational hazard. So it was already bad. Then we hit, then we hit COVID and all of a sudden we are finding ourselves in a place we've never been before and having to do everything. Now we're, now we're locked down. If you're, if you're in healthcare, oh my God, we don't have the PPEs. We don't have enough staff. I mean, how how do we do this? And my kids are running back and forth and I'm sharing the kitchen table with my best beloved, uh, who now is no longer best beloved because we've never had to spend this much time together before in our entire life. You know, so all of this stuff is is just coming down on our heads. And what we're seeing and we're picking up is that people have worked harder before the pandemic because there is too much on the plate. And if you are if any of these people are in healthcare, if they're in long term care, 
It is just been, okay, just, just do, just do, just do, just do. Now. And that's where I felt that I was in too, that I, I, I thought I was doing really well. I was getting a lot done. I had to learn new things. We all had to adapt to this new normal. And now that things are kind of getting back, you're feeling like you should feel some sense of relief. But what I'm hearing from people is that they're spent. And I remember reading someplace, I'm not sure if it was in your book, they were talking about burnout is the loss of joy in -hmm. their work, whether it's paid work or unpaid work, but you lose that joy. In fact, I mean, do you have another definition for burnout so people know if they're- Well, if we take the definition from Herbert Freidenberger, who coined this word back in the 70s, it's exhaustion. That's what you're saying. You're spent. Your mental, emotional, physical resources are gone. Gone. Mm -hmm. And you don't know how to get them back. Now, it's interesting that you use the word joy. I want to pick that up in a minute. Because when we are into nothing but doing, we haven't stopped. And Joe, what you're telling me right now is you did all of these things. You fixed your office. You did this. We've had to, you know, re- reinvent. We've had to pivot. We've had to swivel. I don't care what you call it. Learning and all I, of these and things. I'm not alone, right? I mean, we all had to work harder to get through life this past, whatever, yes. 15, 16 yes. months. And, so, and many of us did it without thinking. We just had to do it and we did it. That's, that's true. Particularly if you are in any kind of any kind of occupation that serves others. Yeah. And it, it, you, I can't leave them. I have to do this. Wow. And I will say this too for women. We will do it triple time. Mm-hmm. Because if I said why, they said, well, I'll feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I'll feel guilty if I don't do this. So let's 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 do what I want to let's take a time out because I think the first place that we have to do is you you have to accept what is I really need to say what is I can't pretend so I need to say you know what I I am spent I am exhausted there are days in which I feel like I had COVID brain I can't remember anything. Mm -hmm. I knew that guy's name once. I don't remember it now. So first, okay, you accept what is. And you talk about in your book, stop, look, and listen. So I think that's that's where we are at the stop, you know, just stop, see where you're at. How does it feel? Right. How does it feel? Mm -hmm. Look around. And then I truly believe this, Joe, that, uh, and our colleague, Sam Horn coined this phrase, and I want to give her credit for it. Ink it to think it. Mm-hmm. You get it out of your head. I don't care whether you put it in your, your smartphone in a note or you write it on. So what are you feeling right now? What is the reality of what you are feeling? That's mm-hmm. the first thing. The second thing is what I think of as intelligent optimism. Intelligent optimism is where you take what is here And we're trying to look at other more powerful ways because I want to go from PTSD, post-traumatic, as many of this traumatic. How do I turn this into growth? So with intelligent optimism, reframing, I look down at what I wrote. And then I want to ask myself, and I want to write it, if you will, Mm -hmm. what was positive about this? And Joe, you tell me, in all of your doing this, what was positive about this last year and a half? 
that I could adapt to whatever was going on. That's a Tell me more. What did you learn? Oh, I renovated the master shower only because I didn't want anybody in the house. I don't know anything about that. You know what? With YouTube videos and a few hammers to break some concrete and tiles. You know what? We did it. So look. <laughs> and that was not on my list to do. It was all. not on your list to but do. But it was leaking and somebody had to do something. So what? So tell me what qualities it took of you to redo the master shower. Well, first of all, you have to be a learner, right? You have to be you what? A learner. You have a to learner. want to learn to do something. Right? So your qualities, let's 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 stay that, right with you because and, we want to take your your listener and your viewer through this. Uh, so for me to do this, oh my gosh, I redid this shower. Okay, what this means is, okay, I guess I'm a learner. What else did you discover about yourself? It was a good way to get some stress off. You know, okay. to get the I didn't use a jackhammer. I did this all by hand. You know, my husband too, he, he participated in this, but you know, the crowbar and the hammer and yeah. Okay. So let me, here's another thing. When we move our physical bodies, mm -hmm. there is something about getting in control of our physical body first before we worry about all the rest of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So moving your physical body, doing something that was physical, re-energized you look what i've accomplished so you've discovered you're a learning learner i have oh my goodness i have i have some strength i didn't know that i had who thought i could take a jackhammer and take it out of a tile in a shower i've discovered some strengths i didn't have um i discovered how to do more research you had to do different kinds of research mm -hmm. than you ever had to do on the role that you play mm -hmm. as an author and a lecturer you discovered different kinds of research Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I can point with pride to something that I accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. Those same strengths you've had all along. Absolutely. It's just in the middle of this doingness, we don't use them. And what's happening now, and this is what I suggest to all your listeners, to your viewers, step back right where you are now and say, how do I reframe this? What are some of the things that I discovered about myself that are powerful, that I can grow on? We want post-traumatic stress growth. What are those things? What new do I want to learn? And you Where know do what? I pat yeah, you, go ahead. You and I are speakers, and we always right. are looking for a good story. But I think this is a good thing for non-speakers, uh, non-lecturers to, to remember. You know, because even my husband and I will kind of joke about, you know, going through something tragic, no matter what it is, and, and say, but it's going to make a good story someday. Hmm. Uh, I, 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 something that you can share with your kids and your grandkids or, or friends or your audience as a, as a learning tool. And so, because. And the person, people, though, you share it with first, Joe, is yourself. Yeah. It's the story that you tell yourself. Yes. Because you can tell yourself the story, I'm exhausted, I, I hate everything, look what I've done, mm -hmm. or you can change the story. And when you change the story, you're changing the outcome. Okay. And the outcome is to say, well, as my Irish ancestors would say, Lord of a duck, look what she's been able to do, what a great person she is now. You know, you got, the, you got that, that shower done. And I think that that's one of the ways in which we take what is real, 
you accept what is and say, how many different ways can I look at this so that I can find the positive versus the negative? Because there's always going to be tons of negative. Mm -hmm. And then how do I put that into action into other parts of my life? Okay, so first we, we stop and put a label on what we're feeling right now, recognizing that we're emotionally, physically, mentally spent. And then um, you called it intellectual optimism. So we look so at- Intellectual, in, no, I call it intelligent. Intelligent optimism. optimism. That's the different from the optimism that goes, oh, isn't this so cute and it's so nice. And no, I'm gonna ugh, throw up. No, it's saying <laughs> intelligent. What, I mean, can I, what is a practical optimism so it's not that cockeyed optimism that from back in South Pacific with the song. It's not that. It's really saying, what is another way of looking at this? Let me let me give you a, a, a fast example. A couple of years ago, I was speaking at a women's conference in Ireland. And when I went out into the parking lot of the conference center, here was a, well, it was yellow and it had bumblebees on it and it said Bumble Lance. It turns out it was a children's, Ambulance. I've never heard of a children's ambulance. This ambulance was created by Tony and Maria Heffernan, who lost not one but two children before the age of five for a genetic disease called Patton's, from which you don't recover. And they discovered when they had to take their child to a hospital over the roads of Ireland that the, the ambulances themselves were terrifying. They created the only children's ambulance service of Ireland. Aww. So no child, no family would ever have to experience what they did. They wow. took what to me would be the most horrific thing of all, to lose a child, and said, how do we, how do we reframe this? Mm -hmm. And that's given them, read back, a joy, because they took extreme sorrow and said, what can we do? And I got to tell you, when you walked inside that ambulance, there were games, there were stuffed toys, there was video, there was just volunteer nurses come to, you know, read wow. story to the kids, whatever it is, so that it is not as terrifying to take that job. Story. And, and I think when we look around, there's a lot of examples like that, in which people so. took a bad situation and turned it into something positive. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, obviously I just gave you a huge example, yes. but if I look, I'm like, what's positive for me right now where I live? This is sounds, this is terrible. I've lived here. I've lived here for 41 years. Do you know that I know the names of more people on the streets now? Because I, you see I them over and over it. again. Yeah. And now I know, well, that's, oh, that's Roy. And that's John, even though you're at a distance mm -hmm. and we call out to each other. And I see a couple, an elderly couple. Now, I don't know their name, but I finally see them out walking. And today when I went out to do my exercise, which, by the way, is really essential in all of this, I said, oh, there's that lovely couple. How are you? The grins on their faces just by being acknowledged. Mm -hmm. I know made their heart happy, but from a selfish standpoint, mm -hmm. made my heart happy. It's wonderful. So where do we go from there? Now we've looked at the positive. Okay. You've so also, what in, in your book, you also talked about humor quite a bit. <laughs> and, and I, you know, finding joy, finding humor. But um, in the time that we've got left, what other one little tidbit can you give us 
if we're feeling spent? Well, okay, so we already know you want to write down where you are, acknowledge where you are. You want to take, reframe it. What's, what is the positive thing about here? Mm-hmm. Then say, what of this is controllable? Where are my points of control here? So as I said before, the first point of control is my physical body. So exercise, nutrition, sleep. I've discovered, Lord love a duck. I don't have to get up and only have five hours sleep. Who needs that? I'm really, my goal now is seven and a half to eight hours sleep. Joe, I never allowed, listen to me, I never allowed myself to do that. I thought the world would die if I only had, you know, surely. So what was the the language, as, as somebody who talks about the physical aspect of energy and stress, you know, I, that's what I talk about, the way we eat, sleep, and move. Also how I think, but eat, sleep, and move especially. I'm, I'm curious, let's, let's flip the table a little bit. I'm kind of curious, what language were you using when you said, I wouldn't allow myself to sleep more? What, what excuse did you give yourself that I can accomplish more if I sleep less? I mean, what was the language? That's an interesting question. I, I suspect... What you're asking me is, what was I telling myself? Yeah. What what are the voices in my head? Mm -hmm. Uh, So even as a little child, I would always be an early riser because I remember thinking, Mm -hmm. I'm going to miss something. I don't want to miss anything. And I would get up really early because I don't want to miss anything. But I think as I've gotten older was that um, the world depends on me. I need to get up and be productive that, uh, well, surely my clients need me and that there are things that I'm supposed to do. And I think in this event that we've had this last year and a half, the world will not fall apart without me. It'll be just fine. And I will serve the world better if I sleep. Excellent. I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Sleep has never been a problem for me, only because I I cannot mobilize anything without adequate sleep. My well, body doesn't work. That's true. And so for me, my my regimen now is to, you know, get up at the time that I think I need to. Um, my beloved husband brings me coffee in bed. Love him, love him. No wonder we've been married 41 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I meditate for 20 minutes. And then I get up and I exercise. My exercise of choice where I live is today I ran five and a half miles and then came back and did about 15 minutes of yoga. Now, don't, as you're listening and watching me, don't think you have to do this. Everybody has their own regimen. This is just mine. And then tomorrow, the gym is now open, though, with physical distancing. So tomorrow I'll go to the gym because I have an early morning call. But that way I get something in. And so... What that basically says is when my day is ready to start, I have my, my brain is here, my heart with my meditation, my body is here, and now I'm ready to move out into the world. Can you think of anything else that we, we can add to this discussion? Mark Twain said, there the two most important parts of your life are when you were born and when you discover why. Mm-hmm. And the discovering of the why is to realize I didn't just show up on this planet because there was an empty space. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for why I am here. When we begin to explore what our purpose is 
And our purpose will be that thing that brings us to joy. It doesn't mean that I have to cure cancer. Mm -hmm. So when I suggest that I can take people through a process that allows them to identify their why, then how, then their what. But let me just take this this why, this this purpose. Um, and this is it's this silly old statement that people said, but I think it's so true. The two bricklayers, and somebody says, "What are you doing?" And the guy says, "I'm laying bricks," and the other one said, "I'm building a cathedral." They're both laying bricks. But someone reinterpreted bricklaying as saying, what does this add to the world? So to your listeners, to your viewers, what I would say, three things. And these are the questions that are asked of students in junior, senior year at Boston College. The first question is, what they ask is, is what are you good at? I would change that to say, what are you interested in? Because I can be good at something, but it doesn't interest me. Mm-hmm. Right. The second question is, what brings you to joy? And when I say joy, it's when time becomes meaningless and you burn on all four burners and you experience what Twain said was the hallmark of a true vocation. When it feels like your vacation, what brings you to joy? What brings me to joy is seeing people smile. What brings me to joy is hearing people laugh. What brings me to joy is seeing people nod their heads like, I got an idea. I can use this. Mm -hmm. And then the third question is, what does the world need? Eileen, um, how can we learn more about you and, and what you do? What gives you joy? Thank you, Joel. Well, first off, if they can spell my name, which you'll make sure they can, just go right to the website. It'll there be in the show notes. Stuff on that website. I'm now, because of this this COVID, um, I now do my magazine, my, my e-letter, but we call it a magazine. We now do it every month instead of four times a year. And what I try to put in there are only not only my thoughts, uh, but also to provide links to articles that I think would be would be helpful. So you can sign up for my e-zine. I write a weekly blog. Uh, my books are up there and certainly on Amazon. Uh, they can spell my name. They can find my books on Amazon. Okay. And um, I'm as close as email. You got something you want done, just email me. It's easy to find. I'm also on YouTube, uh, Twitter. My Twitter handle is MacDarling, M-A-C Darling. Oh, MacDarling is my Twitter handle. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, and as far as we can figure out, Joe, I am the only Eileen Mactar in the universe. Oh, wow. <laughs> if we have another Mactar with the first name Eileen, I'm named after my grandmother, um, M-C-D-A-R-G-H. Uh, we haven't found any other Eileen Mactars that we know of now that my grandmother passed away. Wow. If you find one, call me. Oh, Let's my be- gosh. What will we do? Well, that's cool. All right. Well, y'all, thank you for listening in for this week, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. For more information on how you can energize your life or to invite Joe to speak at your next event, please visit drjoe.com. That's just four letters, drjo.com.